0: To the dream stream. I am your host, Yiska Cook. So I'll start with continuity. And all I really have to say from after episode 21, which was our our Roosevelt uh, tutorial, all I really have to say is the news fast that I had been taking has come to an end, unfortunately. But I am not letting myself obsess about the day's events, so that is good. I'm finding other things of interest. So today, we have a special guest here today. His name is Brendan Merritt, and he is a dream worker, and I believe we met, how old is Lucas?
1: Uh, He's 13 now, so... So I think
0: we met 14 years ago. Something like that, yeah, maybe (laughs) even longer. And then I remember, right, it might have been longer than that. And then I remember when you would bring the baby in on the car seat <laughs> for yeah. the dream group. And everyone would said, oh, look at the baby. So, yeah. Brendan, yeah. yeah.
1: He was remarkably well-behaved for that.
0: Yes, he was.
1: <laughs> I don't know how many people bring infants to uh, dream workshops, but
0: yeah. somebody
1: had to do it. This is great. It's
0: good. I actually have been to a couple of dream groups with infants in them. I think they're just in that sleeping, dreaming realm.
1: Yeah, they're closer to that than we are by far.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, Brendan, did you want to say anything else in way of introduction of yourself?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, just to, you know, revisit, uh, we met um, probably 15 years ago or so at a dream group that was facilitated by Dr. Stephen Larson at a place called the Center for Symbolic Studies, which I worked closely with for a number of years, helping them produce events and um, doing actual ritual work um, related to the work of Joseph Campbell. Um, We actually had some people come out there from the Joseph Campbell Foundation a few times as well, Um, you know, during a couple of events, so it kind of weaves a little bit together with the world of Jungian psychology yes. and mythology yes. and, and know, my and own personal spiritual work.
0: The Center for Symbolic Studies is on the Stone Mountain Farm, and the farm celebrates really, uh, are they, are they, they're European. Festivals, tell us about the festivals,
1: yeah, you know, I think Robin Larson was the main um force behind that, and she has always felt that it's really important for people to honor what they call the cross quarters and um, those were all celebrated in the European pre-Christian diaspora, I guess, if you want to call it that, Um, all around, uh, you know, various parts of Europe. People celebrated right around May Day and right around what we now call Halloween.
0: Sannheim,
1: Yeah, it's uh, Samhain in Old Irish or Samhain in, uh, Uh, I think, Scottish. uh, But but yeah, we all call it Halloween.
0: Yes. Yes. Wow. So very, very special group. And I started there when I moved to this area and that would have been 21 years ago. Um, and unfortunately the Larson's are no longer having their dream groups. Uh, so we just, I just hold it as a a very special time that we were, um, so honored to sit in the circle of dreamers and work with each other.
1: Yeah. We had a really good group of people and including, uh, uh, people like Samuel Claiborne, who f- has done yes. a lot of uh, talking on NPR, and he's a published poet, and nationally recognized person. So, yes. being able to do green, uh, dream group work with people like that was definitely a privilege.
0: Just, just fascinating. Everybody has a different perspective when they come to projective dream work. Yeah. So, Brendan, I'm hoping we can work a dream. Do you have a dream?
1: I've had a lot of really weird ones lately. Oh, Um, good. I actually had planned to (laughs) jot some stuff down before doing this, but I didn't really have an opportunity. But um, there were a couple of really interesting hot-button ones that come to mind. Um, But I had a dream recently where I was actually kind of thrust into a Harry Potter universe.
0: Oh, really?
1: And, yeah, and it was... I was actually like, it was almost like being in a three-dimensional movie. Um, Everything was very vivid and very, very real. But the part that stuck out for me in the dream was that there was something about a box. And it was like a wooden box that was being presented to me as being somehow having a solution to a number of problems that I was having in the real world. Um, Which were relating to, I guess, finances and decisions about certain things. But the answers were all supposed to be in this box. In the box. Yep. The magic box. Magic box. Yep.
0: And and anything else in this dream?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. It was was very vivid color wise. Uh, There was some actual interaction with a. I don't know if I get in trouble copyright wise for using the name Voldemort I've already said uh, Harry Potter but hey, he, who, he, shall he named, who shall not be named He who shall
0: not be named Yeah
1: who when I think of that I almost think of um a certain person in political office I I like to refer to him as that Yeah okay uh, he well. also
0: he who shall not be named
1: Yeah and I yeah. I definitely make that correlation <sighs> Uh, um in yeah. my subconscious mind to uh
0: oh he's a muggle know. all the way
1: yeah he might be a muggle <laughs> but i mean you know i don't know i always see a lot of parallels at least the way the movies presented mm. um the what was it the bureau of
0: ministry of magic
1: yeah the ministry of magic and the sort of like intense government sort of neo-nazi fascist regime that was yeah. being uh Presented that way. And I see parallels in the real world to that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And um, do you have a title for this dream or what would you title it?
1: Um, It kind of came to me when I was thinking about what the box meant to me, but I was like thinking about what does the box mean to me and what do, what comes to me when I think about boxes. And I thought of, well, getting outside of the box. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, you could call it the need to get outside of the box.
0: Yes. Yes. Could you lift up your mic just a bit?
1: Sure. Thanks.
0: So now, Brendan, how did you feel when you woke up in the morning from the stream?
1: I actually felt fairly hopeful um, because oh. some of the things that have been bothering me um, didn't seem like they might have any actual solutions. And I felt When I woke from the dream that at least symbolically, I was being presented with some sort of solution. Yes. Um, Whether or not there was an actual real, real world solution there or not. Yeah. You know, not really clear yet. Okay. But, uh, you know, definitely made me feel a little bit more hopeful.
0: So in Robert Moss's lightning dream work, which I'm leading us through, um, he asks, and I think you just answered it. Do you have any questions about this dream?
1: Oh, yeah. Ah, okay. um, I mean, I kind of wonder why why the box. I mean, if there mm. was a real-world corollary to that. And I'm still wondering what was actually in the box. Hmm. You know, were like there actual wooden, objects in there?
0: A wooden built... Hand built
1: box. Yeah, very like handcrafted looking, simple, plain box, not like ornate, fancy, anything. Just but like very plain, unfinished wood. Okay. How big was it? Um, smaller than a bread box, and was it like probably about the size of a wooden box up there? Oh, even slightly smaller than that. Okay. So bigger than (laughs) a box I'd use. To you for my tarot cards, which okay. I do have a couple of boxes like that okay. that I use for my tarot cards. Yes, yes. And smaller, you know, than than a cigar box. Yeah, maybe which you know, just about cigar box size, yeah. roughly. Okay. A little bit smaller.
0: Okay. So, any other uh, re- is the for our reality check. So we look at all of the. People and elements in the dream. So you're saying a Harry Potter scenario. Does that mean you're on Diagon Alley or were you at Hogwarts?
1: Um, it was probably around Diagon Alley, somewhere like that. Yeah, okay. it was definitely like a like a city space of okay. a sort. But okay. certainly more Potterverse than Yes. You know, regular Mundania.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I like that mundania. <laughs> yeah.
1: I also call that consensus reality. I was just
0: going to say that, Brendan, because you're the first person I ever heard say in dream group 20 years ago or whatever, consensus reality. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's exactly it, isn't it? Okay. So, um, so, so is there anything, and this is what Robert Moss asks in the reality check that could happen from this
1: dream? Well, I guess I don't know if maybe if I could go back into the dream and explore what is in the box. um, Or I have to figure out what it is that's meant by being inside the box. Yes. And try to figure out what it is that I need to do to get out of my own comfort zone.
0: Yeah, which is out of the box.
1: Right, yeah. I am mean, pushing my own personal squish boundaries. Squish
0: myself into the shape of this box.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it kind of lately I've been feeling um, a certain a certain amount of blockage in certain areas of my life. Okay. And I feel quote unquote boxed in. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, feeling the need to break out of that in order to be able to move forward.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So Yes. I think what may come out of this dream would be looking at where I've stuck myself in a box and, yes. you know, what it is that I would need to do, what are the steps that I need to take yes. to get out of that, Yes. you know, and figure out what those actions are.
0: Yes, yes. So um, I think dream reentry would be a really great idea with this dream.
1: Dream reentry. Dream reentry. Yeah. So mm-hmm. going
0: back into the visualizations of that cityscape, and I have this box, and I think within this box is going to be the answer to some of the things that trouble me right now. So yeah. I want to now open the box and see if there's any more information.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm getting like on a subconscious level that there are three objects in the box. Okay. Whatever they are. And it's like, you know, kind of like when you hold a box up and you shake it around and trying to figure out what's in there. Yes, yes. That's kind of what I'm doing in my subconscious mind.
0: (laughs) Um, (sighs) Right. And
1: I also get a sense of shiny, something shiny.
0: Okay. Well, that's cool. There's a seeker in there. <laughs> the see- no, the seeker catches the. Ooh, what do they call the ball oh God. in Quidditch.
1: Yeah, the, I have no idea right now.
0: I, I'm gonna think of it, but by the time we're done talking,
1: yeah, so. probably. Okay,
0: so um, that's that's really neat. So I'm thinking if this were my dream, and and a box that is familiar to me, where I keep my tarot cards. So to me, that means that's the oracle in in my version of the dream. So um, within this box is the oracle. So that I feel answers all of um, my questions or or gives clues that I can answer those questions. Um, But I'm wondering, did you ever keep anything else in a box? Maybe you have because you're like a magical guy, Brendan. You probably kept crystals in your box yeah, or
1: something. Yeah, funny thing that you should say that because um following day when I was kind of like looking around the house, I was thinking about the dream and I came to that same realization. I'm like, hey, I actually do have some boxes. Yeah, yes. You know, so what is actually in those boxes? Yeah, yes. So I did go and look in a couple of, I've got a couple of wooden boxes and, uh, you know with various things in them and yes. usually I I keep you know things that are special in them. Yes. One of the things that I found that stuck out with me and I decided to bring it to uh trip to the ocean with me ah. was a um blue um god what is it called? It's not selenite. Uh kyanite. Ah. Um crystal that I had and those are particularly supposed to be connected to the throat chakra and all about communication and freeing your voice. Yes, yes. So I had this kind of gut thing that I should bring this to me on my trip and take it and put it in the ocean water.
0: Oh, beautiful.
1: So, and, you know, to me that's about cleansing, I guess. yes. So it was kind of about maybe yeah feeling like a way to free that up, um, you know, free up my communication, my ability to speak, my voice. Yes,
0: yeah, I like that very much. Yeah, what were what else was in your boxes?
1: Um, there's lots of things. I have a. cigarette that was made out of tobacco from the Amazon that was given to me by a Peruvian shaman. Oh. Um I've been saving it because it's meant to be used as an offering. Yes. And haven't found the right moment for it yet, but you know, I'm probably going to use it hopefully sometime this season. Um you know, yeah. to give it to the fire.
0: Wow, um, wow. That's I've got cool. shells.
1: Yeah. I've got uh I know a couple of coins. Yes. One is a coin that I used to wear around my neck. Um, it's got a natural, it's an old uh, French coin from right around the end of the Second World War, but it has a natural hole in the coin. It oh. was, I think it's a five franc coin or something. Okay. But, you know, just weird yes. things like that.
0: Yes. Really neat. So, again, if this is my dream, I'm thinking then the things that I keep in the boxes are the things I hold sacred to myself. And they also have magical uh, connotations. And this had magical connotations in this dream. So, I'm wanting to reconnect with that magical side of myself that can solve these issues in my life by. You know, I always took a lesson from Tai Chi. I used yeah. to do Tai Chi, and um, and she taught me push hands. She calls it. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's really like using the other person's energy uh, to to help you conquer their you know their aggression or whatever it is. There's different different uh, moments that you might choose to use push hands. So I'm wanting to. I'm wanting to really be strong in myself and call upon my strength and my powers to really solve these problems in my life.
1: Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about push hands. I've only done a little bit of um, Tai Chi, mm-hmm. but more—oh, um, God, what is the energy version oh, Qigong. of that? Qi Qigong. Qigong. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um Aikido, which is oh, yeah, another no Eastern art um uses a very similar principle. And the whole idea is you're using your attacker's energy, yes. you know yes. to not to harm them, but you redirect that energy as it's as the force is coming at you, yes. to you know disable them and render them, you know harmless. Essentially, yes, yes. And the whole idea. There is actually a really good book about anger management, um, which, uh, man, I wish I could remember the name right now. I think it's just called the uh, the Aikido of Conflict. The oh golden, no, sorry the mag, the magic of conflict.
0: The Golden Snitch.
1: Oh, that's right? the, the object snitch? you were thinking that's of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a snitch. So that's what
0: the seeker. Captures. I'm hearing you though too. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I was like, okay, yeah. So,
1: so I mean, the idea of that is any kind of situation you're in where there's some type of stressor or conflict. Yes. You're using like an Aikido principle, and letting that person and energy that's coming at you just kind of go right by you. Okay. You know, yeah. and stepping out out of the way. When right. you do it in a circular kind of way. Okay. So you maintain your center and you become part of the centrifugal force that's wow. coming by you and it just kind of naturally goes shh right by you.
0: Luke, use the force. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Wow, that's really neat.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Joseph Campbell was a big influencer on um George Lucas. Oh, the sure. whole idea of the I'm force sure. is all derived from yeah. Eastern the key, concepts. The key. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, the key message that I think one of the things he was trying to get at with that is that the idea of the force what Luke needs to learn is that you step into the force, you don't use the force aggressively. Mm. The force is not about aggression. Right. Aggression is what they refer to as the the dark side of the force and once yes. you've gone there very hard to turn yourself around <laughs> yeah. from that
0: yeah yes yeah That's so neat so has george lucas ever acknowledged that he got many of his ideas from joseph campbell oh yeah
1: absolutely okay. yeah and um i know when um they did the power of myth series on pbs yes. you know they did all the recordings were actually done at skywalker ranch
0: oh really Uh, yeah
1: so Ah. Joseph campbell was you know at george lucas's (laughs) home being interviewed by bill moyers (laughs) so amazing yeah there was a direct acknowledgement of that going on
0: yes cool so now uh this takes us to the question of what can you do to honor this dream or to bring it forward into your waking life
1: well you you made a really good point about um needing to reconnect with my magical self yes. if you would in order to do some problem solving and that's something i can definitely do okay oh, um i have not lately been as involved with my spiritual life as I would like. Yes. Um, and, you know, the symbol of the box with regard to the cards, well, that's an easy step for me to take if I start
0: that's right. that's doing right. like
1: daily drawings and, yes. you know, maybe journaling around that. Yes. Because that yes. always tends to reveal more layers
0: sure. of
1: what's going on, sure. you know, for me and my personal life and Beautiful. possible solutions. I love it. So that's certainly something I can do, and thank you for that. (laughs) Well
0: done, Brendan. (laughs) You
1: know, that's really actually really helpful, you know, because I need that encouragement.
0: Yes. So I have a wooden box right behind me. You see, I think inside— What do you keep in that box? (laughs) I keep (laughs) Will you get it down? I don't quite remember. I think I remember that there's sagebrush in that box from Uh, when I used to live in New Mexico. And I think there might be some rose petals, but I don't really recall what story there might be behind those rose petals. I think it was a good one.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, Brendan's got the box. We're going to reveal the mystery of the wooden box.
1: It's a Mouton Cadet box.
0: The, which is a cigar box. Yeah, is a cigar, Mouton
1: Actually, I think it's a wine box. Oh, it's wine a wine bottle gift box, gift box. Ooh, yes. Ooh, that would From Baron Philippe de Rothschild. Ah. All you conspiracy theory people can have a feel uh, with that. I one.
0: know.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. It's got latches on it. Oh, yes, it does. You can get two, audio. two of
0: them. Okay, what have we?
1: Hopefully it won't make a creaky noise or something. Oh, I
0: would love that. Ooh, I hear that. Ooh, sound effects.
1: He's got to get my fingernails on it.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, there we go. Ooh, okay. And sage yes, there's quite a lot brush. of
1: botanical mirror uh, stuff in here. Sage
0: brush. Oh. This is sage from New Mexico. Nice. Well, that's why I lived there when I was like
1: Oh yeah, it still smells. <laughs> wow.
0: So this is 20-year-old sage And in it this still box. has
1: some scent going on. There's no...
0: There's no flower petals. Oh, what is that? There's some kind of smudge stick. Looks like a bundle. Is that still usable? Yeah, probably. Okay. I'm going to be burning 20-year-old sage.
1: (laughs) And uh, as you were right, there's a whole bunch of rose petals. Oh, there
0: are. Wonderful.
1: And some white sage as well. Ooh.
0: And now, is there a difference? Oh, here's puma cat. Brendan, she oh, just yeah. went under your chair. Okay, I see his tail. Hey,
1: <laughs> we have some feline visitors. Yeah,
0: these are my felines. So, wow, awesome. I love that.
1: Yeah, so it's a mixture of stuff.
0: Okay. So maybe I need to reconnect.
1: Ooh, wow, it's kicking the scent.
0: Oh, okay. I Still need got to, some I need life to, to it. Reconnect with that that side of myself, perhaps, if this is my dream of um, the freedom of when I was moving around many places in the West and the Southwest and uh, hiking and, and picking, picking (laughs) stage.
1: Yeah. That's very inspirational.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that dream. So I was looking through my phone and as I've mentioned on this podcast before I can't keep a dream journal anymore because writing is very hard for me, but I can type or I can record my voice. So I was looking on my phone and I did find kind of a silly dream, which I did not remember having. So I'm not sure how much, you know, import it will have for me because I would think I would have remembered it. But um, can we work on that? dream? Sure. Absolutely. It's silly,
1: but it's been a while. so Yeah.
0: So I find a phone number for the Grateful Dead. It's like, wait there, that's already ridiculous. <laughs> and I call. And John Mayer answers the phone. And we're talking for a little while. And then I think I get a little flirtatious. And I ask him if he has a girlfriend. And he says, no, my partner is John Lovett. So John Lovett is a podcaster on one of the pods I listen to a lot, uh, Pod Save America, and also Love It or Leave It. So he and he's gay, and and that's you know known a known thing. And but that's not so about John Mayer. He's kind of known as his, you know, ladies' man at So in my dream, and I and I just say to him, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't even think that you might be. And then um. And then somebody comes to visit him or he gets another phone call. And then, then it's just quiet on the line. So that's the end. Mm. <laughs> so that was the dream. It was just really kind of silly.
1: So I don't know a lot about the dead. So ex- explain to me who John Mayer is in the band yeah, and what so, his role is.
0: So, so, well, now that there's the dead and company, which is like the new evolution of the dead. Um, so John Mayer is... I guess he's like a famous pop singer first which i didn't know about him until he was the singer and lead guitarist so he 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 plays Jerry you know and the great for that uh but he's like a young guy but he's actually not that young it seems young
1: probably either. younger than Jerry would have been and no. he's
0: younger than me yeah. but that doesn't say much anymore <laughs> but he's 40 or he's 41 now yeah, i think that's
1: yeah that's seasoned
0: he's seasoned yeah so uh so um, they are so John Mayer is the new, there's three new new band members. So there's three of the original band members, the two drummers, uh, um,
1: Gary Hart, mm. Mickey Hart, Mickey, Mickey Hart, Hart and right. and, yeah.
0: and Bill Kreutzman. I'm sorry, why am I not yeah. remembering his name? Bill Kreutzman, I think. And uh and Bob Weir is still with the band, Bobby. And now there's uh, Othiel Burbank. He's a new bassist. So he's playing Phil and um, Phil Lesh, who was the original bassist for The Grateful Dead. And um, I also know the name of uh, the keyboardist. He's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I actually saw him once. I can't remember I think, his think he was in either.
0: Tom Petty's band for a while. Um, Jeff Clemente. Jeff Clemente. Uh, so, so that's the new iteration, but in this dream, well, it says I, I found the number for the Grateful Dead. So that implies the original Grateful Dead, Hmm. which was such an important part of my life growing up. I, I saw my first show when I was 17, 1987 and, um, went on tour, you know, I, I actually left college so that I could tour. College got in the way of my plans. But ultimately I finished it my own way. But um, but uh there's such a formative, important wonderful uh, rite of passage for me. But John answers, so he's not grateful that he's dead in company. And um, and then I don't know, it's something about the f- phone too because i often think a phone call is like a spiritual message hmm. you know it's a message from an, possibly and often in my dreams from another dimension mm-hmm. so i'm on the phone with the grateful dead what what does that mean what does that mean brendan
1: there's a lot of layers there yes um yeah i mean when you first said, I got the number four, I'm thinking, <gasps> you know, immediately my mind goes straight to numerology, oh. but that's just for me. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if that's anything significant to you, but I know you and I have talked about yes. the significance of numbers and when numbers show up in our lives. Um, so there's that part I would be thinking about if it were my dream. Yes. Um some of the things you said made me think that if this were my dream, it would be more about reconnecting with my younger self or who I am more at my core. Because yes. that part of your life you're talking about, it's a really formative part yeah. of your life when you first encountered and connected to that music. And
0: when I, I really lived my life as a free spirit.
1: Yeah. And you obviously feel a strong connection to, you know, that part of your life as evidenced by this box. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's a way, it's almost like you have a message from your younger self. Yeah. Um,
0: My younger self is, I find the number.
1: Yeah, you find the number that will reconnect you with, with I, your younger self in this formative period of your life. Yes. And you call it but you don't get what you expect no. you get something a little different um you're getting a a, re, a reiteration of it with a different cast of characters because yes. it's dead in company and it's yes. particular this young version of jerry yes. garcia you know, or, or and obviously it sounds like based on the interaction with him that you had that there's some interest from your part, uh, in him, oh yes, <laughs> that Johnny boy, <laughs> he might represent a kind of an animus to you.
0: I love it. Say a male,
1: yes, um, yes, part of your deep soul spirit that you know could be oh, love balancing it. your feminine. Um, yeah, you know, lead singers are always kind of sex symbols, no matter what they I, are. I, I know think, it. You know. That's just the role of a uh, someone who's the lead singer.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I mean, I don't personally ever think myself of Jerry uh, of uh, no. Garcia, no, being a sex symbol. No, but I'm sure I... he was to some people. He
0: was a he was really like a Papa Bear.
1: Yeah, symbol. You know, he was like a big daddy. The big daddy. He yeah, was the
0: big daddy. So, um,
1: so yeah. here you've got this flirtation going on with this, you know, front man from this you know musical band which represents so much of your youth to you and it's unexpected first because you're not expecting to get him and then there's the other twist of him explaining that he is homosexual a, a and in a relationship with this famous podcaster john love it which i find that really interesting oh the guy's name is love it for yes. one thing yeah But this is
0: even better. His podcast is "Love It or Leave It."
1: Yeah, and he's and he the fact that he's a podcaster like you in that regard. Well, he's probably one of the
0: reasons that I'm doing this. Yeah, it's because listening listening to podcasts all winter. I was very depressed this winter. You know, I have MS. I was uh, having challenges, and I just didn't do much. Didn't do much, and I just listened. To podcast and then finally I said what am I doing you know I've done all this vocal work before I need to you know share what can I do dream work yes dream work for you know since I'm 19 years old
1: so what is uh, John Lovett's podcast focus on or does it have a focus?
0: It's politics they're very liberal they were Obama speech writers these guys Um, and um you know, they they play games, you know, at, and John Lovitz he plays games like the rant wheel, and when it lands on something that one of the <laughs> guests feel passionate about, oh, well. they rant about it. You know, it's fun. It's fun, and it's politics, and it's you know, it's it's pretty very liberal. Very, I I don't know if it's as liberal as as me. Yeah. <laughs> But I I like their
1: politics. But is it inspirational to you? Do you feel uplifting?
0: uh, I don't think so. Because when I took my news fast, I specifically did not listen to the guys. Because they were talking about politics. And I felt like. But then when I got back to it, I was glad to go back to them. Because they're familiar voices in my head. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah
1: that's interesting. I'm thinking about what that might mean in the context of the dream. Um,
0: Yeah. Yes. So if, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go further on this line of thinking. If, if I am the John Mayer in this dream, my freedom and my younger days and my deadhead touring days and free thinking and and I am in a relationship with John Lovett, who's, you know, into politics and uh, mm, what is he into? He has a dog. He loves his dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that there's a way that I can marry myself or, you know, relationship myself with the politics in my life without it overcoming
1: my uh, life. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it almost sounds like you, if it were my dream, it's like this younger part of myself, you know, which I'm trying to reconnect with there needed to be some transformation there because obviously the old version wasn't working or in right. this case, Jerry Garcia is no longer with us. So right. we have, right. now have a new voice at the forefront yes. for this animus inspirational figure.
0: We just we just but, spoke about animus and anim, anima and yeah. animus uh, in the podcast uh, last week or two weeks ago. So yeah, I think they,
1: they tend to pop up a lot in dream work, I think, in yeah, general.
0: Yeah, Jung's Young, idea, right, that there's... It's representative of myself in the other gender.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. and Or the part of yourself that you're trying to forge a connection with that's almost like the opposite of your waking consciousness ego self. Okay. Um, So there is this relationship going on between you and politics as evidenced by the fact that you needed to take a news pass. Oh, yes. But it sounds like... That having a slightly different, maybe more youthful, yes. approach to it, it becomes a beneficial relationship. Because were they happy in relationship in your dream?
0: The Grateful Dead.
1: Yeah, well, the General uh, uh, Mayor and and Love it.
0: Oh, well, I didn't see Love it. I just he John Mayer told right, me right, but you and I was on the phone, but I had a visualization it. of them. Um, I mean, I guess so. They weren't. Not happy.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, the thing that also really stuck out to me was the fact that the lion went dead or he had to take another yeah, call. Yeah,
0: I know. I it's know. It's like the, uh,
1: what the galactic switchboard suddenly <laughs> got in the way there yeah. somehow. Yeah, suddenly
0: it went—I don't think I said it went dead. I think I said it went silent.
1: Went silent. But okay. But
0: um. But, but I might have chosen that word because I am a dream worker and I knew that if I wrote dead— then we'd have to explore how I feel about death. And I and I might have written silent because yeah. I don't want to go there.
1: <laughs> I was actually going to touch on that because to me, um, some of the stuff I've been working with recently has more to do with the idea of the dead and ancestral beings as yes. being you know, what we refer to as the unseen Yes. And the dream world is very much about the unseen. Yes. Um, And people, you know, often encounter people they knew in real life or whatever in this unseen world. Um, And the fact that the band themselves called themselves the Grateful Dead, you know, kind of points at something there that they're talking about this collective unconscious of... You know, yes. ancestral memory and, you
0: know, oh, the it. people
1: whose shoulders that we stand on, um, yes. you know, in our surface waking world. Um, but, yeah, I mean, death, you know, how how do you feel about death and the big, uh, big, the big silence? The big silence. Um,
0: I lost my mom when I was 25, and that's been the greatest sorrow of my life Um, and I'd like to keep it that way Mm. (laughs) Um, um, so I don't know how I feel about death I I don't think I'm scared of it because I don't see death as an end I see it as the end to yes to the vehicle of my body but not the end to my spirit you know, or soul or the, the, uh, living part of me, I feel it just goes on to a different dimension. I'm not sure what happens. I don't feel ready yet to die. I, I don't yet speak fluent Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and, <sighs>
1: Duolingo is really good. I, I know. <laughs> I
0: listened to the Duolingo podcast, <laughs> but, um, you know, I I mean, I don't want to fear death, but I think that's part of the you know, being a mortal being yeah. is it is fearful. Yeah.
1: Fear mm. of the unknown.
0: Fear of the unknown. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just the, like wondering what that cutoff is in the dream, like what that's about. Um yes. Was there and what If you were back in that dream, what was the emotional space that put you in once the phone went silent? And was that where the dream ended or?
0: That's where the dream ended. Okay. Um, I'm going to look again what I wrote because as I said, I don't really remember this dream. I'm kind of remembering it more and more as we discuss it.
1: Yeah, that usually happens to me. Like I think yes, it's really good to dream journal. Anybody who's listening, if you don't, do dream journaling, I highly recommend it because, yes. you know, it'll help you retain some of the bits. And once you go back later on and look at it, more stuff usually comes back.
0: Yes. And and Heather, who was one of our dream group workers, her, her feeling is how can anyone navigate their lives if they don't pay attention to their dreams? Right. It really does help. It really is an amazing thing.
1: Yeah, we spend like, I don't know, what a third of our our life sleeping and hopefully dreaming. Yeah,
0: much of that time dreaming. So it just says at the end, it says, someone visits, he gets another call or someone visits and then it's silent on his end of the line.
1: Oh, yeah, so that's where the dream ended. So it sounds like the the conversation was cut off, in some way, by some other force. Yeah. Intervening. Right. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. I'm wondering yes. what that's about.
0: I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. That's I wonder. food for thought. It's very interesting. Um, even though I had a phone number for the Grateful Dead, it wasn't the phone number. It was a, a phone, phone number. number, yeah, so it was hmm. like one way, one way in, you one know, way. not the way,
1: but what a way a way.
0: And I called, so that's kind of cool,
1: yeah, which probably takes a lot of chutzpah to yeah. get up the gumption to do that totally you know?
0: to call, you know, to call the band that you you always loved. um, it's kind of I'm, <laughs> I kind of am doing that. and I'm sure I'll do that again after this podcast. I'm friends with Mickey Hart on Twitter. He oh, friended cool. me. I don't know if it's called friending on uh-huh. Twitter, but yeah, he friended he me. So you. I've been, I've been uh, every, not every podcast, but many podcasts. I I tag him. I like you know at Mickey Hart at Bob Weir. There's that's even great. a general Grateful Dead. Um, I don't know who runs that Twitter handle but they respond to my podcast, but the guys don't. Yeah. <laughs> but whoever is the Twiddle, Twitter handler does, but I'll, I'll probably. So that's I'm thinking it's funny because I have been reaching out to them, you know.
1: Yeah. But not well, they'll love on this the one then.
0: <sighs> <sighs> hey, call me, guys. <gasps> I was hoping for a ticket to their Saratoga show this summer. Oh, I right. think they're coming around on the fall tour yeah call me guys you know i i love the music <laughs> so big shout out so that's yeah shout out shout out uh so kreutzman i said that yeah bill Kreitzman, mickey hart bob weir clemente jeff clemente hotel burbridge john mayer that's the Dan and company
1: it's kind of funny like that that was such a big part of your youth. I myself yes. personally never had a connection with that scene, yeah. but I knew a lot of people who were. Yes. And despite not having a personal connection to the music or anything, I've always had wanted to experience that scene yes. just to see it. Yes. Because I heard so many stories about what kind of a circus it was. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, very much. And
1: very interesting. I mean, the closest thing I probably ever got to that was – You know, being that we're we're just past the anniversary of the Woodstock Festival, about 25 years ago on the 25th anniversary, I was at the Bethel site for an event that they called Day in the Garden. And it was not long after, I think, Jerry Garcia died. And I can remember there were people, there was some guy wandering around shouting at the top of his lungs, "'Jerry is dead!' Jerry's dead.
0: Oh my. I mean, it was,
1: you know, a while after Jerry had died. So okay. no, everybody knew that already, but it yeah. was kind of like, you know, oh, almost like somebody announcing like, like, like the plague, like, oh, bring out your oh. dead. You know, that bring, sort out of thing. <laughs>
0: bring out your
1: dead. Bring out your dead. But it was definitely an interesting scene. I think it was probably a similar vibe to what yeah. those events may have been well, like. Well, you know,
0: and, you know, it's a different vibe in that it's a different, you know, different age, different era, yeah. different era. So, but that still goes on. And there's a lot of deadheads that are still in the scene older than me, our age, you know, younger, you know, who are just into dead in company and never saw Jerry, but absolutely pick up the vibe and, and, uh, and are very kind to one another and, and really, uh, have that groovy vibe that the Grateful Dead.
1: Yeah. And the jam band scene is yeah, obviously other still bands kicking as
0: well. Yeah. yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Brendan, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> go to a show.
1: If someone brings me, I
0: might. Uh, I, uh, well, I might. Yeah. Cause we'll go in your car. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I could it was funny because I was just at Saratoga okay. performing arts. I took my son to see Beck and Cage the Elephant. Oh really? And I was yeah. <coughs> very interesting show. I you know, Beck was kind of what I had gone for, but I was blown away by Cage wow. the Elephant, actually. Oh, really? I was very surprised. Is that a band? Yeah. Um and they <coughs> did a I it was funny because I wasn't putting two and two together of who they were right. until I saw them doing their songs. I'm like, oh wait, yes. they do this? And, oh, my God, they do this, too. And, yeah, they were pretty all over the map in terms of their styles. But the performer, I don't know his name, but the lead singer was really energetic and, like, put Mick Jagger to shame in terms of his antics on stage. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That's something. Yeah. That's saying something.
1: (laughs) But, you know, Saratoga, I kind of wonder what it was like back in the 90s, you know, yeah. when the dead were still touring right. and those, some of those big events there, I heard stories about, you know, the parking lot being filled and yeah. people camped out for days. They call down shakedown
0: street when people are selling all their wares. Yeah. On, on the lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so the action, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a little tickle in my throat now.
1: <clears>
0: throat> the action I can take forward with this dream Anytime I feel like watching a political podcast put on The Grateful Dead, they both show up in my YouTube feed. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. I could do that. I could do that.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Trying to think what else there is there. There's something more going on there. Um... yeah well if it were my dream, I'd be thinking about how to reframe um what your stream of political news information is you know in terms of taking a slightly different turn and a more youthful perspective you know in the way that oh. the the uh dead in company or doing a twist on an old yes. theme. But, you know, reconnecting with your core and yes. kind of like remembering who you are in that space, which will probably bring you a more of a sense of safety and security, you know, amid all this political turmoil mm. that we're going through yes. in this country right yes. now and all the divisiveness and remembering a place where people are kind to each other.
0: yes. <laughs> And people share, yep. and people barter, yep. and people, you know, feed each other, and yeah. every, you know, everyone's kind. Not everyone, I'm sure, but no, but that's I mean, the vibe. We're, you know, we be kind. That's the, that's the dead,
1: the legacy but, of the dead, yes. and the Woodstock Nation.
0: That's the, yeah, the Woodstock Nation. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Brendan. Yeah,
1: thank you appreciate the opportunity.
0: I'm so glad you're here. I hope you'll come again and again. I just want to keep doing dream work on this podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, I need to do more dream work. So anytime you invite me, we'll try to figure it out.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, and to our listeners, thank you for spending this time with Brendan Merritt and myself. And until we meet again. Ciao.